Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. My name is Isaac Edlin, and I am your host tonight. And with me, I have a few Infinity Bros. The first one I'm going to announce is his very first time being announced as a co-host without being the main host of the Infinity Bros Podcast. It is Infinity Bro Max Mosier. How you doing, Max? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on, Isaac. Uh, it's a real treat and honor. Hi, Mom. How does it feel to not be doing what I'm doing right now? Not be the main co-host of the episode that you're on? Um, It feels like letting your kid um, make their own plate of food. You, you, it's, you're going to have to step in and do something eventually. You still got to clean up the dishes afterwards. There will be a mess and a pile to clean up. And... You know, other people are here, too, that we got to track. So, you know, I'll have to still edit this, and I'm sure I'll have to step in and mispronounce a name eventually for you. I really, really wish that that analogy didn't work so well, but it's probably not that far off, honestly. So, (laughs) yeah, the young kid analogy works for all three of us. That's why I did it. That's true. That's true. It does. And our second guest. Guest? Also Infinity Bro. <laughs> it's Jared Curtis. I've not been gone that long. <laughs> well, that's what we said last time on uh, episode one. Arguably, okay, Universe hold on, podcast. buckle up, buckle up, baby boys, because I have a better analogy for you. Oh, um, okay. Here we go. A little peek behind the curtains. Uh, Max has a little bit of the bubbly in him. Um, <laughs> I so, do. So what? The so, so the so the accurate description is. Goes. Max is Max is that slightly inebriated, like just barely a tipsy girl. Uh, Isaac is the designated oh driver, gosh. but no, Max is the kind who's gonna be like, "No, silly, that was our turn. Give me the wheel." <laughs> um, that's what's going on here. Yeah, don't drink and drive, kids. Don't listen to Jared. That's ridiculous. Can't believe you'd come on this podcast and. That's say why that. Isaac's your DD. He's, he's not editing that out either, Jared. You're gonna have to live with that. <laughs> just, just incredible. History is being made here yeah. on the Infinity Bros podcast. <laughs> in, in more ways than one. Oh man. oh man, guys, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We've already been talking for about forty minutes. If you guys want to check out the Patreon exclusive portion of this podcast, I think it was our to- best Patreon ever. It might be. It might be. It is wild. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to be bold and say it was our best one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We'll have a link in the show notes for that. So you can go check that out. Um, Yeah. We talk about a lot of stuff that you wouldn't normally hear on the Infinity Rose podcast. Um, And like we said, probably one of the wildest Patreon exclusive portions of the podcast. And Mark is not here. Like usually when it's wild, it's it's because of Mark. It's because of Mark. So thank you, Lord. But the views expressed by individual Infinity Bros do not represent the brand. Um, speaking specifically on behalf of Mark and and Max, um, everything Isaac and I say is wholesome. But Ma- <laughs> like I said, Max has a little bit of Jared that. Jared and uh, Isaac, the wholesome you know? portion of the Infinity Bros <laughs> podcast. You heard it here first. The golden the retrievers Bros of the podcast. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But we're going to be talking a lot of nerd news today on the Infinity Bros podcast. We had, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. The CCXP 2022 um, in, I believe it's in Sao Paulo. Is that how you say it? In Brazil? Yeah. Sao Paulo. Uh, Huge Comic-Con convention. And Disney unveiled a bunch of announcements that we're going to be talking about today. 
and we're not going to be doing it alone with my good friends Max and Jarrett. So, guys, we're just going to dive right into some nerd news. Hey, Zane, I was looking into getting into this Gunpla thing. There's one called the Unicorn Banshee. What the heck is that all about? Um, actually, Jarrett, what you're thinking of is RX-0 Unicorn Gundam 2 Banshee, which is from the Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, actually, you know what? It's time for nerd news. So I think probably the biggest thing that came out of this, for us anyways, for sure, we're just going to dive right into it, is the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 uh, trailer. They dropped that along with a poster. Um, it is dropping May 5th, 2023, which is wild to think about. Their Ant-Man Quantumania is coming up soon. Guardians of the Galaxy is only like six months away, guys. It's pretty crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, they dropped the trailer, which gave us some some new things. They gave us a new look at Adam Warlock in the MCU, played by Will Poulter. Um, and then another look at the High Evolutionary, played by uh, Chukwudi Iwuji. Is that how you say that? Max? I'm so Max. thrilled that and you're hosting that? today. This yeah. Is so <laughs> this is and you so put awesome. on that how I pronounce that, Max. Hey, Max, can you pronounce that words for us, please? Yeah, no, uh, I think you're doing great. Keep it up. But he, I mean, he, they've done a few things where he appeared as the high evolutionary. Like, I think he went to San Diego Comic-Con and, like, walked around in a high evolutionary costume. Um, but that's, this is the first time we've seen him on screen. So some big reveals on Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Before we get to talking about that trailer, Max, I know you wanted to um, give a little bit of perspective on the guardians of the galaxy holiday special, which are we, we going to rate it? On... Are we going to rate these things? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be rating them. Yeah. Do you plan on putting the bumper in? I'm not trying to step on your toes as a no, host. No, but no, like... no, 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 not yet. I haven't, I haven't okay. gotten all right. Okay. You're okay. leading the ship. Just, just hold your horses. The SS Isaac. We'll get Here there. We go. We'll get there. Um, but I wanted to give max a little bit. He of came to drink the bub. And bust some balls, and he's all out of bubbly. <laughs> oh gosh, uh, that's all he's here for today. Stop like, stop like making people think I'm an alcoholic. Stop this. This dude had like a sip, what? and I'm like, guys, he smashed call the dogs. He's, he cannot function. He couldn't walk in a straight line if we if we tried. It wouldn't be possible. Um, holiday special. Sorry, Isaac, for cutting. Yeah. You off. So episode one forty three of the Infinity Rose podcast, we did a full spoiler review of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Go there for the premiere elite uh, reviews, and now we're gonna hear Max's as well. Yeah, it's good to be in the AAA of reviews for this one. I think. I, I mean, I won't give my rating. I'll give it later, but I'll I'll say this. I what I said pre show in the Patreon that I'll say here is. I think this is an intentional choice that James Gunn clearly has had mapped out for what this third chapter slash and or volume is. The The holiday special was so lighthearted to then see this jarring trailer that we'll talk about and review here in a moment. That was the most, in my opinion, emotional trailer since Infinity War and Endgame was fascinating. And to see, we'll talk about shots and ended a bit. I won't spoil any shots in case anybody doesn't want. I just was I, I think that was an intentional choice by James Gunn. It's kind of reinforced this thought that like he's had an idea from the get-go of what he wanted to do in all the chapters for me. 
And I know the holiday special didn't like go exactly how he initially wrote it because Kevin Bacon came on late. But I just that was my observation. My observation was this is the last rest stop before you head towards the inevitable doom for this group. Something bad is happening to this group. And that's what that trailer told me. Max, Max, Max. I'm going to stop you right there. For those of you who have never listened to the Infinity Bros podcast, this is how we rate things on the <laughs> podcast. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity step. Uh, so, Max, what what would you rate the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Um, the holiday special, I would give a five out of six. Five out of six. Sure. So it was it was a fun, fun little romp before potential doom and gloom. Yeah, whatever you said, I echo because when I listened to it last week, I was like, oh, I completely agree with what Isaac said. Yeah, Jarrett and Robbie were very, very positive, very optimistic. Gave it six out of six, which I think it was great. I think it was awesome. Do you I don't think, think you're going to go back and six, rewatch this every year on Christmas? Yes. Like, do you look at this as one of those kind of repeatable elf Christmas Absolutely. Vacation Here's the thing. It's 44 minutes long. So, yes, I think it's a very rewatchable movie or special. I If it were an hour and a half, maybe I wouldn't feel that way. You know, like, I, I don't know. Like, it's I feel easy to watch and That's it's fun. You say that. I it's fun because you could it's one of those specials that you could throw on in the background and not really have to pay attention to to me so i think it's a fun i don't know if i'm gonna watch it again next year for christmas but i i think if it was an hour and a half that would have changed it for me you think it would have made it better if it was an hour oh and yeah half? i think an hour and a half would have been great for this one an hour really and a half do. of drax and mantis yelling at each other no so here's what he better. means let me translate because max is on the bub Oh, <laughs> he needs an he needs an extra forty five minutes you, you of like thick. Tr- I'm I'm gonna quit. I'm swole gonna... Groot, just forty five minutes of swole, swole Groot. Groot was great. Just swole flexing in the great. background. Yeah, Robbie was just ticked at swole Groot. He was not having was, it for sure. He uh he was so jealous of swole yeah, Groot. I know Robbie. Yeah, Groot has any growth as a character, and Robbie goes ballistic because only DC characters can have growth. <laughs> I think that. One thing I would say is to, in the in the rebuttal of like an hour and a half movie, I would have loved to see the Guardians of the Galaxy special explore things like how did Nebula get Bucky's arm? I think that would have been a fun <laughs> 10 minutes. Oh, sure. Yeah, that I think there fun. was more to dive into with Peter and um, Yondu's Yondu. relationship. I think they could have given me another full scene of that. I think there were scenes that could have been put on this. I think Werewolf by Night... I don't know what the runtime comparisons are, but Werewolf by Night accomplished a lot of storytelling in a very short time. Whereas this kind of felt like one story that was fun and goofy with a song at the beginning. I actually disagreed with Robbie's take on the song at the beginning. That felt like a waste of time to me. I was like, let's get to this. The music stuff is like, okay, whatever. We get it. We're mocking Christmas and humanity. I was, and that's what drops my rating to a five out of six is I'm just, just not a musical guy it's just not my thing so i i would have just liked a little bit more i think i wanted 10 more minutes yeah so if you guys want a full analysis of the guardians of the galaxy holiday special go back to episode 143 of the infinity verse podcast you can check it out 
from here on out, though, we're going to be hearing some things from the trailers and things from the CCXP 2022 that potentially could be spoilers. So we're going to put our spoiler bumper right here. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. So if you don't want to listen to what potentially could happen in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, or in Mandalorian Season 3, or in Indiana Jones, uh, the fifth movie that I'm forgetting the name of right now, Dial of Destiny, uh, maybe skip this episode or put it on pause. Go check out what all that stuff is all about. Or, you know, just uh, get to the good stuff of the Infinity Bros podcast. But anyways, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of that stuff. So here is your spoiler warning. Well, guys, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Let's dive right into it. They gave us a trailer. We got a look at... Um, High Evolutionary and at Adam Warlock. First thoughts, Jarrett, what do you think of the third one? I love this. I think I want to talk specifically about the characters too because they're kind of throwing a lot at the wall. And I think Phase 4 has suffered in a lot of ways. Um, and I think they need to start really bringing in the big pictures and and sort of bringing it together in a way that makes sense because right now it just feels like so many loose and disjointed stories that unless we have a glue that binds it together, um, it's going to continue to sour in people's mouths. Um, so Adam Warlock, uh, I talked about it. Like I thought the casting was kind of buck wild. And then once those first pictures came out, I was like, okay, I can see it. And this sort of drives that home for me. I think he looks great in the, in the trailer as well. Uh, Chikuri Uji looks fantastic as high evolutionary. I hope they do a lot with him and Wanda. Um, because there's a storyline that runs through there uh, that's involved in the comics. And I think it'd be a good fit to sort of make her piece of the pie fit in with the rest of us. Cause right now, I think her, that's why they're doing it too. Jerry, yeah. By the way, I her whole that. thing with Dr. Strange is, is obviously like important to the sake of the multiverse, but we need to bridge that gaps between this and all these other like balls that are in play. And I think a way to bridge that would be through the high evolutionary. Jared, I also just, sorry to break your thought, but just a, a, an addition to that, it just feels like every choice is built around her in the Marvel Cinematic right. Universe right now. It just feels like a lot of the stuff is built around her, even with WandaVision being the first Phase 4, true Phase 4 thing. I, I echo that. I think a lot of these villains even have, they just have unique ties to her. Yeah, and as we continue to like explore what the multiverse looks like through, um, we'll talk about Quantumania later, there needs to be that driving force, like the gravity that pulls this all together. And and like you said, having it be Wanda and WandaVision and all this other stuff involved in it, um, I think is an interesting way to take this. So yeah, commercial looks great. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see that we're bringing in Layla and sort of digging into Rocket's backstory in particular. Um, that's one that like, don't read those comics. It's a rough read. It makes no sense. But Layla as a character is really cool. And Rocket's backstory, um, it, it, I think it plays a lot into this. And so I'm excited to see where they explore with that. But yeah, like for James Gunn's like swan song of the MCU, this looks way different than any James Gunn like feature we've seen so far. And I'm, I'm excited to see what we do with it. Yep. And you, I mean, you kind of ended it with there, but like, and Max mentioned it earlier, the tone 
of this trailer is much different than we've seen in the previous uh, versions of Guardians of the Galaxy. So we get kind of, we get some funny jokes and like a couple funny parts in the very beginning, but the rest of this trailer is very serious. Where do you think they're going with this tone, Max? Yeah, I mean, there's four visceral shots of of Drax, Rocket, Mantis, and Peter. And the Peter shot is kind of the one that's really, really jarring when you watch this, where they are visibly scared and or depressed. The Rocket one appears to be a flashback, and Jared obviously talked about his significant other um Jerry, you're still in my talking points those are literally the two things i was going to talk about was the high evolutionary and that so keep good job i felt i felt really nerdy and confident coming into this i was like oh i'm gonna have some really good detailed perspective and jared of course ruins it um i i um actually yeah you totally did <laughs> i i'm really really impressed with this trailer but also the adam warlock stuff doesn't really make much sense with what i'm seeing right now with the trailer i think that's my only kind of gripe with this stuff is I'm like, okay, Adam Warlock is clearly a long-term decision. However, James Gunn wanted him in this because James Gunn built the whole second movie around his his race. So my question is, is what is his role in this? Is it bigger than we thought? Is it a future thing? Is James Gunn really trying to leave his stamp forever here? How does James Gunn going to DC affect all this? Because I, I think James Gunn before this DC stuff was going to be part of the bigger process down the line. I, I kind of, I have no proof on that, but I have a difficult time with them getting rid of him, bringing him back for that one movie. I, I think he was going to do more. Bob Iger strikes me as a guy who makes those kinds of things happen, but can yeah, I, I think the tone of go ahead. Can I talk about Adam Warlock for a minute? Cause it feels so out of place with like the direction that we're headed with everything. And it feels late. It feels too late to have him. He he's he's a big part of like all the infinity stuff. And that's like so I mean, we're obviously we're just into phase four, but like it already feels way in the rear view mirror that I'm like, why I'm excited for the casting, I'm excited to see what they do with him, but like, do we need Adam Warlock now? I don't know. Mm. That's that was exactly my thoughts, honestly, because like so basically they show that very short glimpse of adam warlock as will poulter is as our adam warlock and he looks like he's got some kind of like stone or something right there which for comics people already know that he i mean he's a huge part of the infinity war infinity gauntlet storyline and he basically ends up holding the soul stone and gets trapped in there you know blah 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 all all that comic stuff but like that's like a huge huge part of who he is as a character in the comics so you guys are totally nailing it like this seems like so late why are we retreading this infinity um phase basically the infinity saga moving forward in the mcu like where is where are we going with adam warlock they'll explain it accordingly i i don't think it's going to have anything to do with infinity stones because the multiverse has made infinity stones obsolete right so like they they've they've made that judgment call they've made that decision in in loki that they're not going to do it you're not bringing on a guy of Poulter's prestige without a plan long-term. You're not making him drastically change his entire lifestyle for one role for one movie. You're asking him to do that for a long-term. And so, yes, Jared, I agree with you. It's, it's too late. But my rebuttal, I, it's kind of I live in both worlds. I, I think he has a role to play. 
where I could see this all being interesting is what if the Infinity Stones weren't obsolete in a specific world or in one world, if it was to become a battle world, then could he be the unifier of those stones? Um, and that's obviously thinking way down the line, but him, his presence is the question mark in this movie. It's, it's, it's the one thing that could ruin this movie. In my opinion, everything else, this movie is going to be a, a banger. Like this movie is so set up for success. It's not even, it's not even fair. This is the most easy layup of all the movies in phase in phase five and phase four. This bad boy is going to blow it out of the water. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we've been talking about it on social media, in our discord, um, who is going to die in this? Because like somebody's dying, right? Like one of the, one of the guardians is going to die. Who do you guys think it is? I, I don't want them to, but I think it's got to be rocket. And part of me thinks that they even kill off Quill in this. Like, I think it's got to be not just one. I think there's going to be two, maybe three deaths. Right. And I think it's going to be like really heavy. Cause again, this is James Gunn swan song. And James Gunn is not afraid to kill off characters if you watched anything he's ever directed. And so I think right. I think Rocket goes just based off of the little evidence that we have. And like we're going to his origin story. Um, and then I think it's going to be Peter as well. I think Peter dies in this. Wow. You're going to you're going. No way they kill Peter. I I'd push back on that. I'd be willing to make a small wager on that. I, I just the reason I don't think that Peter Quill goes is he uh, uh, that there's just no way that they're letting him walk for long-term movies, Jared. I just, if if they're going to have another Guardians of the Galaxy team, him and Mantis feel like the layup of the next team. It's Drax. Batista wants out. Batista wants nothing to do with this anymore. You don't want to put yourself in a situation in a multiverse setting where he could come back as another character. And then he's not there and people are like, where's Drax? You kill him off. End of discussion. I do think Rocket dies. I think Gamora could die. I mean, she kind of already did, but... But I'm saying, like, do it again. Like, get her back in and do it again. Because that's Peter's legacy. Peter's legacy is he lose everything he loves. <laughs> I think I think Gamora dying once kind of loosens the stakes of it. Where it's not as like, sure. like this isn't sure. our Gamora. We don't have that. The re- I'll explain why I think why I think Peter dies. One is, like, this is the end of the the galaxy guardians of the galaxy as we know it. Right. And so there has to be sort of a new team and guardians has always been Peter's story, right? Peter is the character. And if you look at the holiday special, even though like the focal point is like, it's his holiday and he's the one getting the gift. It is like, he's not in it as much as Drax and Mantis and the little bits that he is in there is just like, the MacGuffin to, to have this whole holiday season. So I think they're preparing us for like, what might guardians look like after Peter Quill is gone. And that like, I think they kill him off. I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I think he has to be part of that new team. I, I could, I, I get behind what you're saying with Gamora, but I think he's gotta be on that new team. I, I, I just don't. Here's what I say. I think rocket seems like the, likeliest choice because we're going into his backstory we already are pretty emotionally attached to rocket and if we're getting into his backstory like that's going to make the most emotional impact in this movie that's where that's where i'm pushing back on drax max i 
I don't think Drax, if he dies, I don't think he makes that big of an emotional impact on on oh, us as viewers for sure. Firmly I disagree. I, I don't feel like Drax is is the guy that's gonna make everybody cry during the movie theater. Like I just don't I just don't think that's gonna be it. Rocket's gonna be that guy. I think the general audience loves Drax. I really do feel that way. I think Rocket's impact is the biggest one. You're absolutely right. I think Rocket is a second act death. Or end of the second act death. You think and, Drax and a, is gonna a, die like right away? And a third movie, act or? third act revenge fight on um oh my goodness i'm the high evolutionary that's where i see Mm. the drax death occurring and that's where i see gamora and or peter working with mantis to rebuild this team you have to leave the team in shatters in in shambles like you have to leave this team battered and bruised to rebuild it you've got to do that so like people gotta die or go away Mm -hmm. and the other thing is this here's the other part Peter Quill and Gamora could go off and live together and be done. That's the other thing I could see. True. I could see yeah. them falling in love and moving on. And then it's Mantis. Mantis is in charge. Mantis is the one that rebuilds the team. Yeah. What's what's James Gunn's brother's character? The one that has Sean Gunn. Yeah. The uh, what's Yondu's uh, his Yondu's gift. Craig Craigus Craig Craiger something like that. Yeah, whatever his name something. is. Crack Craglin. 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 Craglin, yeah. yeah. There you go. He I could see him and Mantis being in charge. And then what you do is in this Secret Wars movie, you bring him and and Nebula back. Or uh, him, him and um Gamora back. Mm-hmm. That's right. kind of what I realistically see in this in this circumstance. I just don't see how they can kill Peter. I just do not see how they can do it. I, I think you've got some good points. I and I would not be surprised if Drax died, but he's not going to be the focal point. I think that would be Rocket for sure. I think Rocket yes. would be the Rocket emotional is the third act. Of this movie, no question. Yeah, I think he would be the emotional third act death. Drax would be like a like, oh no, oh we got to rally our team together and and you know, f- like finish this guy off. And then Rocket dies at the end, and that's when it's like, oh crap, end of the movie. I don't know, going into bigger things with the high evolutionary potentially leading into secret wars you know all the all the stuff that we've been talking about for for ages on the infinity bros maybe one of them is a scroll i don't know scroll watch like mm. who, who's a scroll mm. <laughs> probably not no i don't think it don't be ridiculous so. isaac you <laughs> need to stop doing that that's ridiculous how dare, I? how dare i i i will say this too like if they don't kill rocket it's still gonna hurt i think this backstory is gonna hurt i think this backstory is gonna hurt a lot Absolutely. And they might yeah, they might not kill him, but showed. they might really hurt us by watching him suffer and be tortured. Yeah. Yeah. But make Absolutely. no mistake, somebody is dying. Yeah, definitely. So I hope James Gunn's got the guts think. to kill multiple. I hope it's not just one. I really do. I, I that would be wild. And I, I want I him to kill multiple. Either. I really do. I think I think Drax and, and Rocket are good choices. Peter, I think Peter would be a bold choice. I could see it. I could see it happening, but I think he's lower on the on the odds list of uh, who would be. I think Chris Pratt wants this MCU thing too much. Yeah, I think sense. he likes his role. I think I think he does not want to leave. He's ob- they're all obviously very committed to James Gunn, but I think Chris Pratt wants to be in these Avengers movies. Yeah, I think so too. All right. 
let us know what you guys think of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer. Uh, next thing that we're going to talk about is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. So they didn't reveal... We already got a trailer a while back, which I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember. Maybe, Max, you and maybe you and Mark uh, reviewed it on the podcast. I don't remember off the top of my head. But that was a, a while ago. What they revealed at CCXP was a few more extra footage. They didn't really call it a, a trailer. But basically, um, this is not released on social media. This is just something that was exclusive to the, um, to the convention. But basically, they describe the scene as opening with Scott living his life as a celebrity in the aftermath of his heroic actions in Avengers Endgame. Meanwhile, his relationship continues to thrive with Hope, who is living as a philanthropist and has won awards for using PIM particles to solve housing and food problems. The clip ends with the shrinking Avenger reading a clip from his book at a library before receiving a call from the San Francisco Penitentiary, likely relating to his daughter Cassie's arrest that was teased in the trailer. So, I mean, they got a little snippet of, of what's going on. Basically, Scott's living his life being famous. We've saw snippets of that in the MCU with, you know, most prominently, I think, uh, Miss Marvel says something about his podcast that he that he has. So, you know, he's living this, you know, kind of famous life and turns out he's got problems like uh, like everybody else. So um, got a few things to pick apart here. Uh, Jared, I know you mentioned you wanted to talk about casting for uh, for this movie. Yeah. So one of the one of the guys I was looking through the casting real quick and there's like a actor that's in the background of a lot of stuff. His name's Tony McCarthy. Um, he's in Andor. He's in a bunch of stuff just as like a random guy in the background. But what I noticed is he's in a bunch of like Marvel stuff in like adjacent to a important thing. So like he plays police officers in in uh, Miss Marvel, he plays like just random guys on the street. And then he's credited in this for humanoid. And I'm like, well, that's kind of odd. Cause that seems a little bigger than like, just an extra, you know, in the background somewhere. And I'm like, man, this would be cool if throughout this whole thing, like maybe he's a scroll or maybe he's seated throughout this. I don't know if this is anything because he does like dudes in everything Disney produces. But I just well, thought it was well, interesting well, that he's getting like a bigger a scroll watch. How about that? Scroll watch. Ding, ding, ding. There it is. Scroll watch <laughs> 2022, Jarrett. Put right, it on the board. TikTok. Let, let the Internet nerds hate me. Um, but no, I thought this was super crazy that like they give him a bigger role like this and he's hidden in the background of like so many Marvel properties. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Could be nothing. It could just be a promotion or whatever, but don't think it's anything, but good yeah. for him. Yeah. <laughs> Love that yeah. For him. yeah. It could be something. I'm, I'm zigging while everyone else is zagging. Here yeah, we yeah. go. The other half of this casting that I need to talk about three things. Okay. First we got, we got Tony McCarthy. We talked about it. Second, Jonathan Majors is a machine. He is yoked, man. Cut, and like, man, he is jacked right now. He's our. I mean, like, obviously, we watched. Um, what was the, what what's the HP Lovecraft one? Help me out here. Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Phenomenal actor in that, and he was obviously cut for that, but like. Every time I see him, because I think he's in Creed as well, right? The new Creed. 
Dude, he looks unreal in this new Creed. Just why? And so I'm like, <laughs> he looks unbelievable in Creed. Uh, <laughs> nobody stands a chance. Like nobody stands a chance against him. Creed um, is going to be great. Oh my gosh, guy is like, he he's a renaissance man, and he's killing it right now. I will say this too, Jared. I I think he they really say what you want about Phase Four. But the Loki season finale is still one of the greatest moments in yeah. the MCU history. And a majority of that percentage of reasoning is because of Jonathan Majors. Yeah. He already appears to be the perfect main stake villain of this whole thing. And this trailer continues to showcase that. And I'm looking forward to watching him portray, which it's been, this has been already said by him and, people close to him that he's going to be portraying multiple versions of Kang. I cannot wait for that. This is a great casting Jerry. You're absolutely right. Anyone who can steal the spotlight from Tom Hiddleston in his own freaking TV series uh, is a force to be reckoned with. So like fantastic casting there. The last thing I want to talk about is Cassie. Um, Cassie Lang is like one of my all time favorite her- heroes. My Corgi is named after her. Cause she's so small. Um, and I think it's cool to see like the legacy that they're building here. I've been saying this for, I don't know, Max, how many years now? Four or five years that we're getting something like the champions or young Avengers. And I like every single piece of evidence that we get points us in that direction. And I think this is where we finally see her get her powers, where she finally takes off as a hero. And like all the pieces are there. I think this is like how you kick off phase five. I think we get a surprise. Like I'm going to call my shot here. I think one of the two, like after credit scenes is going to be some form of either champions or young Avengers, like dealing with something. It's young Avengers, Jared. It's it's young Avengers. And here's the thing. I personally get frustrated hearing the argument that phase four is a waste of time for people. Yeah. Because this is the, the, you have to start this whole process over and it requires significant leg legwork. And yes, I can concede that some characters just did not work or the movies did not work. For me, that was WandaVision and Doctor Strange. But for other people, it was She-Hulk and it was these other properties. What you cannot attack, though, the argument of like there's no connecting points, you're nailing it. There's been connecting points. Every single one of these shows has a young Avenger in it. They all do. Every one of them. Loki. I mean, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, they all have somebody that can be part of this collective team, whether that's in a Secret Wars setting or in a TV show setting. And I don't know what's going to happen with the Bob Iger thing and Disney changing. And there's rumors that they're going to go for quality over quantity now. But I'm with you, Jared. I, I, I think they've been much more strategic than they've given. People are just upset because it's not what they wanted. Yeah. And they took a lot of risks with with this phase. You know, I think a lot of people after Endgame were like, oh, superheroes, like it's getting so tired and superhero fatigue, blah, 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 blah. Marvel tried to counteract that by doing some interesting different things. Did a lot of them not work? Probably. But I think they did a good, good job of experimenting with some of these shows and doing some doing some different things. I mean, notably like Werewolf by Night, which was fantastic and we all absolutely love like they're they're trying some isaac you're telling me that megan the stallion twerking at the end of a tv series wasn't 
Was it part of Kevin Feige's original plan? That's off. That that's off the beaten path from. Maybe that's the point. The that Kevin Feige, <laughs> like Infinity Saga, was all leading up to Megan the Stallion twerking and She Hulk. Like maybe that was it. I freaking yeah. love She Hulk. By the way, <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a She Hulk guy. If this is your first time listening to us, I'm a pro She Hulk guy. I have had to defend this show more than anything else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That was a cultural moment. Megan the Stallion twerking with her. It was. That was a cultural moment. Dude, that's all anybody was talking about for a week after yeah, that the, episode. If you loved it, you hated it. It was a cultural moment. Yeah, it was. Suck You're it. Right. Sorry. It was art. It was art in its purest form. It was art. art. It was it was cultural art. <laughs> Love that. That's what it was. Was it stupid? Yes, it was. It was very stupid. Gotcha. Did did you ever think, Max, that you would be defending Megan the Stallion twerking Not a on the Infinity Bros podcast? No, we, no, no. And, at and, the inception of this podcast, what three years ago, <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> Here we are. What a what a beaten path. Um. Also, too, in the Ant Man conversation, too, just to add on to what Jared said, is this mark and i have talked a couple times on this show about the opportunity here to kill scott lang and really really make king set apart i i almost i i mean i'm pretty close to locking in that i think he's dead in this it's a similar argument to the peter quill argument of like how can you get rid of this guy but king is yet to have the loki moment was jarring and cool but he needs his thanos moment he desperately needs his Thanos moment. Can I touch on this? I I think killing Scott would be a great opportunity. Go ahead. So I think we kill. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think we kill Scott off. I think there's a time where you have um, stature. You have you know Cassie do her thing. You have Wasp still doing her Hank thing. Hank Pym. Hank Pym. I honestly think like I don't know if we need another Disney Plus TV show with like the weirdest plot. But maybe you get the what was the what was the irredeemable Ant Man Eric O'Grady or whatever. I don't know if we get that. Maybe he's a side character in Thunderbolts or something. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Honey, I shrunk the kids. But I think I think Ant Man, you do that and then find a way later on to give him like the goofiest, dumbest like version of on your left, like whatever the stupidest moment of that is where he comes back. But it's like it's Paul Rudd, so it's not like heartfelt and emotional it's just like hey i'm paul Rudd, you know oh, i think it would be heartfelt and emotional he's yeah. he's such a cornerstone of this universe at this point i mean sure. he he's such a reason that endgame happened right i mean they built that story around his disappearance and around his where was he in infinity war i i think it actually could be more emotional than you're giving it credit for jared Maybe emotional isn't the right word. Maybe it's serious is the word. Yeah, serious about. I think is fair. It it would it would the tone would not be Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie on your left through an intercom. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I just think I I think there's a chance we could see it, and I know that's a big popular rumor right now, and I that's a it's a bold swing, but man, Kang Kang couldn't Kang is gonna save this, guys. Kang is going to save all of this. This this rhetoric of the MCU. Oh, Jonathan yeah. Majors is going to save the MCU. He is going to be the Robert Downey Jr. of this whole thing. See we are vision. watching one of the greatest actors of this generation start his, his ascent. And he's chosen the Marvel Cinematic Universe to do it. And he's got these major movies and TV shows coming out. We've talked about Lovecraft Country. 
Um, I just, we talked about Creed. He is going to be, there's an opportunity here for him to go Kang scarier than Thanos. Thanos is in the pantheon with Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he's like it's an amazing opportunity. Almost Gen Z's Darth Vader up to this point, probably. Right. Yeah, I think so. I'm just making a point. I think Kang has an opportunity to save all this, to make, to make the people that are like she Hulk is jarring. She shouldn't be here. Miss Marvel is awful. How dare they make her a mutant? All these arguments we've heard of, you know, how dare Captain America care so much about the racial dissension in the country. These arguments can become null and void if Kang is absolutely imposing. And this team has to unite every single hero ever assembled, ever made in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, ever made in Marvel movies before that. That's where they're going with it. That's where this is going. And it's in it. He has to be scarier than Thanos to take on every single hero ever. He's got to be scarier than Thanos. And I think Jonathan and, Major can do it. And what better way to introduce the seriousness of Kang than to kill Scott Lang in this movie? They're getting rid of the funny characters. Yeah. That would if be, Rocky and I, that would be are gone, they're getting rid of the funny characters. That. Yeah. Just. I, I think it's a I think it's a good possibility because you're absolutely right. I mean, like Kang is going to be as imposing as Thanos. Like this killing Scott Lang could be his Thanos killing Loki moment. Like when he killed Loki in the beginning of an Infinity War, that was when you were like, Oh, Thanos is a serious guy. Like I we're disagree. Not I think it was here. when he beat up Hulk. Yeah, I think yeah, it was. Okay. I think it was when he beat up Hulk. I to me that was the Thanos is the real deal guy. Sure. Yeah, we could we could go with that. It's the same, basically the same. Moment. Can I can I throw out a House of Mark? We haven't done one of these in a while. Oh, okay. House of Mark. So we've just been pan- pandering and bantering. Go for right. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've never done one of these. Need to be off the never. wall. Um. So we have Kang, we have High Evolutionary, who are key players in. Probably one of the most slept on series of all time, which is Uncanny Avengers, which hosts the all new, all different Avengers and the X-Men, right? So what if this is finally like what brings the X-Men together is we have Kang, we have High Evolutionary, and we finally get that moment. You talked about it with Miss Marvel, like the, the groundwork has been set. This is the stakes. You have to have mutants. Otherwise, how are you going to deal with this? Because nobody, we barely cut it with Thanos by some lucky strike with Scott Lang and a rat. Uh, and, and you know, if Kang is so much more above that, if this is a multiversal threat. But you, you're Kang not even Avengers. you're not even playing into Eternals, right? Like you're talking Eternals High Evolutionary. That's the concoction for mutants. Like that's that's the equation. So, yes, absolutely. They have to do it. For me, it just looks like mutants is going to be the afterthought. It looks like there's going to be a couple mutants that come to the forefront. And then we're going to find out down the line that the rest of the mutants were doing something else or they were ready that, or they, that's the so dumb if exposed. they do that. I don't know. I just, I don't know if they, I don't think they have time, Jarrett. I don't think they have time to get all these major mutants on the board. And I think they can only focus on Deadpool and, and Wolverine. I've heard the, uh, the theory that this, um, this phase 
we'll have, you know, we'll introduce some mutants, but then potentially the next phase could be a mutant phase. Like the next phase will focus on mutants more than more than, you know, this phase. Are we okay? Are we happy? Just uh, I'm not talking like us as fans, but just us three in the room here right now. Are we happy if at the end of this phase, it's literally just Namor and Miss Marvel? Is that enough for us at this point? It won't be. It won't be because Deadpool is going to be in it. Is he part? Is he technically part of this phase? I believe so. I could be wrong, Isaac. You can look that up. I, my, as far as I know, he he will catch the end of of phase six. I believe, like before Secret Wars drop, because Secret Wars, um, and the other the sequel or whatever are going to be the last two movies in phase six. They had like five or six unnamed projects before that. And I've heard them say that Deadpool three is going to be one of those projects. So according to all the speculation, Deadpool three should be in phase three or phase six, excuse me. But, uh, but yeah, who knows? I mean, nothing has been announced at this point, but Deadpool probably will be in there. Would we get a Wolverine um, recast before that? Or are we just going to see Hugh Jackman Wolverine in secret wars? No, Hugh Jackman's there for secret wars. They don't have runway to do what you're talking about here, Jarrett. They just don't have the time. Right. And they made yeah, their that's... bed. They made their bed. They they made the decision to go full tilt, secret wars, here we go. And we're excited about it. Don't get me wrong. Right. Well, and they really had to. They really had to because after Endgame, so. what 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 are you going to do that is going to get people as hyped as Endgame was. The people were already stuck. We were we were already stuck with Marvel. We were already with it. I I still to this day the superhero fatigue argument's hilarious. It's not superhero fatigue, it's information fatigue. We we That's true. We're fatigued as a people just informationally. People love this stuff. This is the this is the mythology of our culture. That's what it is. And even to hear Tarantino say like People don't like actors anymore. They like the heroes that the actors are portraying. I'm like, that's a good thing. That's a very, very good thing. We're past Tom Cruise and that generation where it was about Denzel and all those guys. It's like, not that those actors aren't great, but it's, this is what the movies should be. They, they should be about the characters. They should not be about the actors. Right. Past playing those actors in every single movie that is casted. We're, we're past that. We're, we're casting new people that are doing great jobs in the roles that they have. I don't buy culturally that we didn't have more time. And I'm not mad. I'm not mad that we don't have more time either. I'm, I'm, I like the plan we got. I think it's fine. I trust Kevin Feige. I've also been significantly more graceful on how Marvel's handled things than other people. Agreed. But I don't know. Jared, Jared, you sound, you sound frustrated in unique, in different ways than what I hear the general comic book fan saying. And I hear your, your, your frustration with the mutant thing. What it says to me is they're not doing battle world. They're just going to do secret worlds multiverse. And then they save battle world for later. Cause that's where you need that. That's that you have to have the X-Men for that. In my opinion, if you, if you go to they're battle the world, roster. yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> battle world is something we earn down the line. Um, and and like, it's hard for me to imagine us getting Battle World and then not that being jumped. Like, everybody says that Endgame may, was jumping the shark. I think Battle World 
is a stronger case for that. If we got Battle World, I think everything after that would be hard to come back from. But oh yeah, because that was where like not for nothing. I think a lot of the stuff post Battle World, as far as comics goes, are still great. Um, read anything Jonathan Hickman Hickman X Men or Chip Zar- Chip Zdarsky or however you say his name is Daredevil. But a lot of people <laughs> fell off at Battle World. It was like this cool event, and then they're like, "All right, we're done. Six One Six is over." Like. So I think you're right. I, I I want too much. I'm spoiled by the things that we have gotten, but I like mutants. I've always like, you know, my... and they know they yeah. know that that's another 20 years of content. Absolutely. They know that. And that that's why they're going to take their sweet old time. Let Hugh Jackman actually go off in the sunset. Let the old let's let's do the let's do the parade of the old timers. That's what this is about. Let's get the old timers back in one more time. Let's get them back in the saddle again. Can we get Nicolas Cage as Ghost Rider again? Like that is what this this is all about, in my opinion. Right? Isaac, this is like, Isaac's this manifesting. Is, yeah. This is getting the thirty-five year old positive vibes sending to Kevin Feige yeah. to get Nick Cage back as, as Ghost Rider. I'm, it's Eric Bana as Hulk. That's what they're trying to do. Whether you like it or not, that's what they're gonna do. They showed this to us already with Spider Man, and also to like the X-Men aren't nearly as important as people make them out to be. I I think people are, are going to be graceful of this process. I think we need X-Men people. But... People are and the X-Men are great, but they are not quintessential for the future of this MCO. They're just not you just spoke fighting words to Jerry. They're great. Don't get me wrong, but they Here's a little side detour. We've been talking about X-Men. Let's, let's reel it back here to okay. yes please scrolls hey, come on host Isaac. secret invasion doing? bring me home secret invasion is coming out spring 2023 it will be releasing before guardians of galaxy 3 it's the next marvel project after ant-man 3 quantumania so there has to be a scroll in this right like they have to do something post credit wise is probably going to lead into secret invasion i would assume because there's going to be a big payoff Kang's going to probably kill Scott Lang. That's going to be the big like, oh, hey, oh, Kang is the guy now. Like we're we're looking for him in all of these coming movies and stuff like that. The post credit scene's not going to be about Kang, not going to be about like any of the main focus of Ant-Man. Is this going to be a secret invasion lead in potentially have some scrolls through this movie? If I'll, Jared, I'll give you my I just want to say my point. It's It's really quick and then you can go. If it's going to be a secret war invasion lead in the death of Scott Lang will result in them discovering he's a scroll. And that will be the post credit scene. Go ahead, Jared. I hate you so much. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, that's the only way that works. That's the only way that they do that. Or like Hank Pym is the one that dies. And it's like, where's the real Hank Pym? Yeah. So, so I mean like, that's the thing is like in the comics, they find Electra's body and it's not Electra. It's a scroll. Like I think, I think Kang just like absolutely works them over has this like, and I want it visceral. I want it like, I don't want, I don't want he who remains right. Yeah. The thinker. I want him to like, I want Jonathan majors to like punch the crap out of somebody. And it, as the dust settles, it's a scroll and like cut to credits. You know what I mean? Like I want it to be that, that be jarring wild. for us. And then people are like, wait, hold on, what happened? And then I get the phone call from my sisters and my mom, like, explain this to me. <laughs> I want that leading into Secret Wars. 
Or sorry, Secret Evasion. That would be intense. I'd be down. I would be absolutely down. Jared, I think you're I think you're onto something though with that Electra panel. I, I haven't thought about that panel before in this conversation. That absolutely is happening. It's just a question of who the character is. Who do they kill? Right. Yeah. And it's gotta it's be somebody be. that we trust, because that's the thing. That's the thing with it, Electra. It's gotta be someone like, everybody loves too. Yeah. It's gotta be someone everybody loves. Do people love Hope enough to Hope would be a great candidate? Hope would be a candidate, mm-hmm. I think. It's got to be Scott, though. I feel like that's right. I don't. Well, Scott's gonna die, right? Like, or I very likely that Scott's gonna die. Would that lessen his death if he's a scroll? It probably would, right? So, like, if he dies and they want it to have the emotional impact that we we want it to have, he can't be a scroll. So somebody else has to be the scroll. Yeah, I think. Maybe 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 it's just not anybody from Ant Man. Maybe it's just maybe some random. Maybe there's some interaction at the end of the movie with Nick Fury, and then the post credit scene is Nick Fury talking like he's dead. Who and it's Wong, and then like it's Wong's a scroll. One of the big Avengers is is a scroll, and it's like a major plot point. And it's um it's Hawkeye. In yeah, the, it was Hawkeye in the comic. Because oh, remember, then yeah, it was it was a uh, um, nomad, uh, not nomad. Um, Ronan, Ronan. Thank you. So what if it's? I mean, what if Hawkeye makes like a? Uh, I feel like we're getting a little far fetched here, but what if Hawkeye makes a cameo and he gets absolutely just eviscerated, and it's a scroll? I don't. Know. I feel like people aren't as invested in. I'm invested in Clint Barton. I feel like not as many people are left. I think this secret invasion thing has kind of taught me that. My understanding of it now is the TV show will set up the scroll watch conversation. Sure. What we do on this podcast and say this person's a scroll, realistically, these people probably aren't scrolls. After this show, that is when the general public will start doing it. Sure. Go back and watch who's, yeah. The TikToks will pick up. I'm sure there'll be a couple characters in previous things that are scrolls that we'll find out. And it's been seeded in and we never noticed it before. <laughs> sure. And I well, I think people are vigilant in trying to find it, Jared. So I think it's what they're gonna do moving forward. I think I think that's that's what the point of this. But it's like it's another spy throw. This is I I think Secret Invasion is gonna be their their winter soldier of TV shows. I think they're gonna totally turn this ship around because that's when this the start of these shows that took place after COVID kicked in. And my theory's always been anything made during COVID was subpar because of this, the, the season of life and the processes that people were having to go through to, to get things done. The uncertainty of the future. I think there's clarity now to where things can go. Yeah, I agree. We're actually going to cut this a little bit shorter because Mandalorian season three and, and we're just not going to get to that stuff. The one thing I want to talk about before we close out this episode is we've been talking about scrolls since the inception of this podcast. Like literally episode one, we talked about Endgame. We've we've been seeing this coming for a long time. Now that we know Secret Wars is this phase, is Secret Invasion going to play majorly into phase six or is this just a one-off show that kind of is a side thing in the mcu now because it seems like it's been a recurring side quest if you will so is this a major plot point 
of the MCU moving forward after Secret Invasion? I think to some degree it's it's the Loki of like it's a nice thing to think about for a while and it's like the big bad for a little bit but ultimately I think the focus is always like what's going on with Kang like it's a distraction for sure but at the end of it all right. what brings us home is Kang mm-hmm. um but I right. do think we need like a Loki or a Ronan or whatever the smaller villains are that are peppered between we need an Ultron right and um I think you have an opportunity to make it whatever the Avengers, you know, threat is currently. The theme so far too, has been no Avengers. Like the Avengers that don't exist. They're, they're a has been team. They're a hall of fame relic. They're a symbol, right? So I think right now as the Marvel cinematic universe stands, if a threat were to occur, I think all these heroes would fly under that banner I believe Secret Invasion allows them to tear that banner apart. I I believe Secret Invasion allows everybody to stay separated and stay scared of each other. It allows the Daredevils to be really, really nervous about helping. Right? Like, because the question's always, where's this person? Where's this person? Well, if there's a significant high level of distrust, when you're adding all of these different heroes to the pile... I think it's a lot easier to to defend, like, why would Daredevil go help them? He doesn't know if he can trust them. I think you're onto something, too. Like, one of the best... Shang-Chi step into that. Yeah. One of the best parts of of, um, Civil War as an event that we didn't touch on at all in the movie is, like, these splinter factions of, like, what happens to all the Avengers that are in exile? What happens to the Mm -hmm. street-level Avengers who don't want to register and all this? And we've never really gotten that other than like a couple scenes in a couple movies and i think this is the way that you're talking about it exactly right now this is the way to drive home that paranoia and say look this is why the defenders aren't helping with this or whatever this is why the champions can't trust the new all new all different avengers or whatever because we don't know who's a scroll and like these people trust each other but this camp doesn't know about this camp like what if captain america is a scroll miss marvel doesn't know how would she know nova doesn't know um and I think that's a cool way to handle really that. drives home the point with Spider-Man. Yeah. If, if Sony and Marvel want to keep Spider-Man at arm's length from everybody else to let Sony kind of make their own thing, they can do that now. Yeah. Build up. The I don't line. think it's crazy to say, why is everybody doing it after this show? But this show looks so good. I mean, yeah. there's just the, it, it, the, the trailer. It looks tremendous. I mean, I really think they, I, I think this next phase is going to clean up all this mess in phase four. I, I really am optimistic about it. They got the right villain. They got the right side quests going. Um, I, I, I like the lineup. I know a lot of other people don't like the lineup. I like the lineup. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. No, they, they have, and they brought in some, they brought in Emilia Clark from game of Thrones. They brought in like some, she will for sure power. be a bad guy. She will. She's for the queen. Sure She's gotta be, be the queen. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Oh, my gosh. That would be fantastic. He loves you. She's going to say it. It's going to be the last line of, like, episode four or five. And it's going to be her killing Talos or something. And it's going to be it, it, it's going to be all over Twitter. Go ahead and book it right now. Can Just we like, say, oh, OK, so I watched Rogue One again with my kids, my students at school. Great and movie. the fact that, like, we have Ben Mendelsohn in the MCU and we've only so far really seen him really in one movie and obviously like peppered throughout as, as Nick Fury. 
um, in like the extra scenes or whatever. But like, let that dude stride. Let him out, man. He is a phenomenal actor. Let him go. Let him and Samuel L. Jackson do this thing. Don't like the idea that other people from, and, and I'm sure they'll bring in other properties and other people go for it. But like, you don't need a ton of Marvel people in this. Let those two be the ones trying to figure it out. And let this movie end with them not knowing who to trust. Whew. Yeah. I love That'd that. Like, I, I think of the panel, Jared, of, of Age of Ultron, where Black Widow's hiding in a bunker that Nick Fury built, and it's just pictures of everybody with X's on their face. Yeah. That's yep. what I want to see. I want to <laughs> see a Nick Fury, like an original sin, who just creates so many life life model decoys of himself that you don't know where he is. You don't know if he's dead or alive ever. That's what I want. I want that Nick Fury. Because right now, we got just a too coy of a Nick Fury. The He's spy, not Nick spy, Fury yet. Just paranoid and like... No, I need a paranoid guy, and I think that's yeah. what this show's going to do. I yeah. really do. I think we're going to get the true Nick Fury. Oh, my gosh. gosh. I love it. I did not expect this episode to turn into a reality stone, but here we are. This is a really strong episode for us. <laughs> I love it. I'm just being Mark real. Mark is going to be I, sad. He's going to be I sad. I feel like Jared and I really episode. got a lot of, like, I feel like we had some very strong conversation today. We're just chewing through it. <laughs> I feel good about it. I feel good about this, Mark. Mark it really down do. in history books, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Put this one in the Emmys for sure. I'm telling you, it's because Mark's not here to make it bad. <laughs> we got to get I'm Max on the bubbly up. more often. <laughs> I'm not on the bubbly. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> What a silly rumor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, guys, it has been a blast of an episode. Max, thank you for making your first co-host appearance on the Infinity well, Wars podcast. I mean, Isaac, you did a tremendous job. Four out of six. Oh, oh, thank you. Tremendous. <laughs> Four out of six. Oh, all right. That's not the... That's, that, that was my impression of Mark um, <laughs> Mark uh, speaking ill of a movie. Ugh. Just, At least uh, I got a better score than the then, goofy movie yeah. in, in Mark's eyes. So yeah, That's I really like the movie. Black Adam was good. The kids sucked. Uh, four out of six. <laughs> <laughs> Wild, Jarrett. Thank you also for being here. Um, Heck yeah, I'm glad man. you had somebody to call out Max on on his bubbly con- consumption. Love this. <laughs> this is great too. Because a little peek behind the curtain for everybody else. Um, I wasn't gonna be on. It's it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday night, but uh, I happen to have free time. You two were chatting it up, and I was like, you know what? Strange I have not been happening. on a Max episode in a while. This is one of our best. I agree. I just feel like I haven't sp- I haven't been on in a couple episodes either. So this yeah. has just been really, this has been really great. This is just like a good sparring episode between Jared and Max. Really, yeah. is what what it came. I don't know. I don't think so. there was much sparring. I think it was more of just like I mean, we were honestly like we're all pretty much what on about the same this? page yeah. in most things. But what about honestly. this? Yeah, but what about yeah. this? Right? Like I think that's what it was. It felt more How, like that to me. Like we wait, wait a minute. We we're agreeing on things. I mean, I think there was a lot of agreement. What, what kind of, we're, we're kind of agreement is this? What? What are we, what are we running here? We're grooming. Well, if you're interested in more, you can check out the Infinity Bros at theinfinityrose.com. You can check out our Discord um, to get in on the discussion on everything that's happening. Um, MCU, Star Wars, video games, whatever you guys are into right now. Um, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, uh, whatever else we're on. A lot of different things. Uh, Robbie's doing great things over at the YouTube um, for the Infinity Bros. So make sure you go check out our, our videos. He cuts up segments, puts it all on there for your uh, for your enjoyment. But we're on a hive 
Remember the five minutes that everybody yeah, was Yeah, we're on Hive. How about that? We're on it. <laughs> it's we there. We post, nothing happens, but like nobody's on it's Hive, there. but we're there. Yeah, everybody got scared for that like split like three seconds. And oh, I for sure was one hive. of those people who was yeah. scared. I was totally buying that. And you hive. created yeah. an account and now you forgot your login and deleted the app off your phone already? Right. Is that, is that how it went? <laughs> yeah, Twitter wasn't going anywhere. I mean, it's it's yeah. kind of crazy to me. And no, no, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> we, did, we did not have the <laughs> half hour. Max wants to keep talk talking. He wants to keep talking. No, but I want to go to bed. I, I however, you're listening. Oh, I already screwed it up. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you for making us a part of your podcast experience. We love you, 3000. Have an amazing night. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.